The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Were you ever told as a child to stop daydreaming? I was. You were. Yeah. This podcast episode is for you. I'm Sienna. And I'm Toast. We're partners in love, life, and music. And we've been together since 2001. With each episode of this podcast, our goal is to help our fellow LGBT community members lift their lives to the next level. You really were? Yes, I have a very, I have a distinct memory of being in the kitchen with my mom when I was a young kid, you know, living with my parents because I was a kid, but every Sunday they took us to church. So I had Sunday school and then church. And then that's where I learned to play music, you know, like guitar and bass and stuff. But anyways, so I had this idea when I was, when I was a young kid, I had this idea that, Oh, let's, let's play this certain song. And in my head, I was sharing with my mom, Oh, if we have all the really young kids come in from the back of the church all holding balloons then it would just make the song feel so much better you know I was telling my mom the Mm -hmm. idea and my mom I could tell she she felt exasperated and worried for me and she was she basically said you have to stop being so like head in the clouds you have to learn to be more practical oh Oh, my god like she was I, and I could tell she was kind of concerned for me, almost like for my me and my life. Like, how yeah. is my life going to go if your head's in the clouds? If my head is always thinking about how to make a song, where, you know, with little kids and balloons and stuff like that. <laughs> right? But I, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, the p word. I think. I think. Okay, I was probably just just trying to. I was probably like in junior high or something. I think the reason I'm trying to zero in on an age is because I know that in very, very, uh, well, let's put it this way. I was old enough to play a guitar, (laughs) okay, (laughs) you know, in public uh, with together with uh, a band of adults. So, um, yeah, I think junior high probably, but the reason I'm bringing that up is because I know, you know, in our culture, it is still culturally acceptable and probably a parent would not be worried for their kid if their kid is like, six years old and saying something like that right you know but once right. you're getting to be an a quote adult a young adult it's like oh you have to learn to grow up yeah it's so crazy huh how that is but you know what we didn't even say hi to everyone hi everyone oh yeah hi <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening today so yeah so we're talking about imagination and like toast was was just talking about as kids when you're really young and you come up with these stories and or you're playing, you know, make pretend with your stuffed animals and things, adults just 
play along. Right. They yeah. play along with yes. you. And they almost find it quite, they find it not only entertaining, but they're almost proud of you in a way. Like, oh, wow, look what an imagination you have. Mm-hmm. It's but a good thing. It's a good thing. But somewhere along the line there, as we grow up, it goes from being a good thing to something that's a bad thing as far as culturally. Yeah. And then we're told, like Toast was told, stop having your head. You can't always have your head in the clouds like that. You have to be more practical. Mm -hmm. I don't like that word. Practical. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny because it's funny because you, you, um, you, I know you see me as being so practical. Like my mom would be proud, right? <laughs> like your your mom? What do yeah. you mean? My, well, my mom who said, "Hey, you have to." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what? But I'm saying your mom would be so proud. No, I joke I'm to saying. you. I'm oh, you're. <laughs> I'm like, hey, mom, look, Sienna thinks I'm, I'm so, so practical. practical. <laughs> but here's okay. Well, no, but, but it's good that you're practical. Because I'm not. I, I mean, th- I am in yeah, ways. I, think, I, think... I am in ways, but... <laughs> so it's good to have the balance. Because yeah. if you weren't I think around, we're I, think each of I us might are be like a enough. kite just flying loosely in the wind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Flapping in the wind. I think, no, I think both of us are we're balanced enough, you know? Like, we can function in the world and still have a degree of um, imagination. Well, okay, I guess, yeah, I guess so. What well, you know what? This reminds me, uh, and I'll bring it up later as we move through the points that we're going to make in this episode, but I have come to evolve my definition of practicality, oh, of what okay. constitutes practical. Okay. Because, yeah, before Go I would it. say... No. Yeah. Oh, do it now? It yeah, why not? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I have come to realize that... The thing, many things that are traditionally seen as impractical or frivolous, I guess you would say. Uh, and I'm talking about things like fashion. <laughs> and <laughs> ouch. <laughs> or how you said that. Fashion. Well, that's what I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to communicate what I mean when I say that, you know, the, (laughs) one of the conventional ways of perceiving that industry and that Mm. thing, Mm -hmm. right. That, that arena is that, oh, it's just frivolous, Mm. right. Mm -hmm. That's one very conventional pedestrian way of, of seeing. Um, same thing goes for like movies or Oh my God! Right? You're just hurting Our me TV, here. TV, <laughs> these things are Owie. these things are not practical, right? They don't fall into the same category as engineering. Engineering is very practical. We're going to build a bridge. It needs to be structurally sound to keep people safe, right? That's engineering. But when you talk about fashion, it's like, <laughs> oh, that, that's nice. It's that's nice, but we don't need it. Right, oh my God, we so need okay. it. <laughs> but the, okay, what? I guess I'm okay. I guess I am giving voice it's how people to the express way their individuality. Yes, I'm giving voice, I'm portraying the way I used to see things when I was when I had a smaller definition of what practical meant. 
But I have come to see that things like fashion and the arts, of which fashion is a part, it is practical insofar as it feeds and nourishes the human soul. And without the human soul and without the human heart being healthy and strong and intact and feeling safe and taken care of, then it doesn't matter if the bridge is structurally sound because you're going to have just a bunch of zombies who don't give a damn being safe as they cross the bridge. You lost me at the zombies. Oh, when I'm talking about zombies, I'm talking about human beings who have just dead hearts. Mm. They just, they don't have a soul yeah. anymore because yeah, they have eschewed fashion, <laughs> right? Because that's not practical. I mean, but, but without the arts, without... Yeah, the arts bring beauty. Yes. And without, that is feeding the soul. Exactly. And our soul and our heart is what makes life worth living. Mm. So, does that make sense? Did yeah. I ever explain myself? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The zombies, I kind of was like, what? Zombies. <laughs> but I'm okay now. Zombies. <laughs> the night, what, what are they called? White walkers. Oh. The whites. Yes. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, why is this imagining, imagination faculty of ours, why is that so important? Like, you know, why should we continue to either revive that part of ourselves, reclaim that part, resuscitate that part of ourselves. <laughs> it's because this power of imagination and using your imagination and dreaming, your dreaming self, when you do that, it actually brings you closer to the frequency of that thing. So why does that matter and why, why would that be important? Well, say if you are, you know, say if you have a presentation to do at work. Okay. Okay. And you're like, oh, God, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to do this presentation or I'm so scared to do this presentation. Mm -hmm. If you used your power of imagination, you can start imagining how it could go in the best possible light. So you see yourself up there. You know what you're wearing. You know how you're feeling. Right? How does it feel to be up there? You might be scared, but maybe you're in your, in your imagination and imagining of it, you feel very grounded. Mm. You know that you know what you're going to present on. Mm. You know, so you're standing there and you see all the smiling faces and you see people really welcoming you and wanting you to do well. So as you're using the faculty of imagination, you're actually starting to adopt and merge and integrate with the frequency of what you're imagining so that you can then, when you actually do your pre presentation, bring more of that vibration to fruition. So it kind of helps in this example, it's helping your imagination is helping you to embody the result that you want to produce. Right, right. Like so it's, help, yeah. so it's, and that's a very practical example. So maybe <laughs> right. in that way, practical like is not a bad word. Um, and one of the reasons why this is true and, and well, how does, how does this even happen is that our subconscious mind 
really doesn't know the difference between what's actually happening and what we're imagining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think you had a different, you had a different way of explaining it that I really like too. Well, I've heard that a lot. And, and the more I've thought about that concept or that truth that mm-hmm. our subconscious can't tell the difference between what's quote real mm-hmm. and not real. It made me realize that, well, that makes... But it's com- all real. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it makes complete sense. Because when you really think about it, our subconscious, the part of us that dreams, literally, like has dreams at night mm-hmm. and stuff, right? That deep subconscious that's so mysterious, um, that is our communication line to the universal consciousness Mm. to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right um and universal consciousness itself transcends uh time space yeah Yeah. it's not limited to what is physical concrete and what we can touch and feel and stuff so i guess the way i conceive of it is saying something more like the subconscious doesn't distinguish between the manifested and the unmanifested. Mm, yeah. What because to us say, feels unmanifested. Right. Because yeah. they because they say, and you know, we did we did have a podcast on um, your thinking and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But they say thoughts are things. People have heard that too. Mm-hmm. You know, your thought is a thing. So even as you're thinking of, oh, I'm gonna bake this cake, mm-hmm. you know, your thoughts are it's an energy. It is an energy. It's... And then you, so everything, they say everything is created really twice. First by thought, I want to bake the cake. And then you actually baking the cake and then you see the cake in <laughs> physical form. Mm. Then that's the second time it's created. Mm. It's an actual, it's actually manifested. But your subconscious mind, like you're saying, is, doesn't know the difference between the unmanifested, so it's thought, to the manifested. Yeah. And that's why as you're talking about a cake now... Yeah. Even though it's not, in, there's no cake in front of me. Yeah. My mouth is watering. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. Right? And then that brings me to, you know, sharing how, and I know we've, a lot of us have heard of this too. It's like when Olympic athletes, when they get injured, do they stop training? Well, physically they stop training, of course, but in their mind's eye, in their imagination, they continue training. Mm-hmm. And that that they've done all these studies and things about how uh, those Olympic athletes that continue training in their mind recover so much faster. And it's almost like they didn't lose the time in the recovery. Wow. It was as if they continued training. So Crazy. there's yeah. so much power to this imagination faculty. And so harnessing that, uh, you know, and if you listen to our previous podcast on your thoughts, which is the podcast right before this one, last week's podcast, using, you know, we talked a little bit about how your thoughts create, your thoughts create. So if you want to supercharge your thinking and the way you create things in your life, start using the power of your imagination to help you do that. It supercharges it. (laughs) You know, it's like extra voltage there. And it actually helps build the frequency even more. You know, builds it exponentially. Hmm. Just really supercharging it. I think it's just, 
It's so interesting. And one of the things when you are using your imagination and picturing things, you know, you obviously want the picture. So you want to visually be able to see the thing you're imagining. Yeah. But you also want to make sure that you have emotion as a part of it. So you have the picture, but you also have emotion. I think naturally, Mm -hmm. each of us lean and one lean as better picturers or better feelers. Hmm. But you want to make sure you have both. Should I give an example? Yeah. Okay. So one example I have is like years and years and years and years and years and years and years years ago when (laughs) Toast and I... When Toast and I first started doing music, I was still very, very green. And I had only had a limited amount of experience uh, doing music with an, this other person. So doing music with with Toast was different. Um, and I remember we had the opportun- opportunity to do a summer, be a part of a summer concert series for the Japan America Theater. And... I just remember being on the side of the stage with Toast and just freaking out. Like internally, you're just flipping. Yeah, like, oh my God, like so many people are going to be here and how are we going to do Like I just, because I was so green and I hadn't built up enough experience to know that, okay, you know what? I can do this. Things are going to be okay. So one of the things that I started to do like I'm like okay because you know when you do these things oftentimes you have to go very early like hours hours early before the gig so you can do the sound check and all this stuff so we have hours of time here and so I started to just really imagine and see you know uh this see the stage see imagine ourselves and myself being on the stage so having that vantage point Um, feeling the warmth of the lights, seeing all the beautiful people out there smiling, Hmm. seeing them smiling and happy, right? And just having this feeling in myself. So this is all the emotional part, right? Having this feeling of being so grounded, comfortable. My heart is beating at a normal pace. (laughs) (laughs) My stomach feels calm Mm -hmm. and I, I feel confident remembering all the lyrics and all of that stuff. So all this warmth, feeling love from the audience, um, feeling grounded and comfortable in myself and confident. So those are all the emotions. And then, and you know, um, but visually the picture, seeing the view from the outdoor staging, seeing all the people, seeing their smiling faces, uh, seeing people just, you know, they look happy, they're listening to what we're singing. And I feel like that that helped so much for that to come true. And then just starting, you know, of course, as soon as you, you know, when they announce you and you're on there, I'm flipping out a little bit, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but then starting the music, then it's like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done this before because mm-hmm. I did it in my imagination. Yeah, you're I like an Olympic in my athlete. Imagination. So it's like a dress rehearsal in your imagination. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it does make sense because you're kind of giving your mind a yeah, just rehearsal. You're giving yeah, your the mind through, like, the okay, run through this is what already. we're doing. Right. Here you're here we're going to drive this track. 
And here mm-hmm. the track takes, takes a left here and takes a right mm-hmm. here. And there's a sharp turn here. And okay, mind, we've we've driven the track. And so when yeah. your body is actually doing it, your mind is like, okay, we're we did a left this here. We take a right here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's cool. I think it's neat how, again, the visualizing coupled with the emotion that those two things, that's exactly what the arts are about. Mm. Well, especially the visual arts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Movies, TV, mm-hmm. comic books, even video games nowadays. Yeah. It's all about visualizing. And many times it's, it's a really fantastical, imaginative kind of world that you're being presented. Yeah, the pictures yeah. of whether it's Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or whatever it is. It's, it's a world of, that's from the imaginal space and the emotion, that's, that's what it's all about. It's, mm-hmm. it's to get that. I think that's why it's fascinating why we might want to go see a movie three times. is <laughs> because we, it made us feel a certain way mm-hmm. and we want to feel that way again. Yeah. That's why we go again. Yeah. Right. Or why you play a song again, because it makes you feel a certain way. Right. So I really feel like the arts and I guess even poetry, even though it doesn't have the, such such a visual component um, in, in the same way. But the arts really are, in that sense, a spiritual technology. Mm. Right. And I've even heard that one theory that anthropologists have is that music um was invented as part of ancient religion, I guess, because it does cause certain or invokes certain emotions, right? Mm. It, it has the ability to invoke emotion. So I like... I love that. Yeah, I like relating to the arts that way, giving it a, a higher, more noble uh, purpose to serve in, in life. It's like to use it consciously. Mm. Not just to have it, you know, distract me or numb out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Numb out yeah, on, yeah. you know, a Bravo marathon of whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. You know, when I first started doing music, mm-hmm. and this was, this was when I, all I wanted to do was be in a recording booth and record music. That's all I wanted to do. Okay. I didn't want to be in front of people. Okay. Um, you didn't want to perform. I No, I, did, I absolutely did not want to do that. But what I did want to do with my music is to create a safe place within a, you know, the span of a three-minute song mm-hmm. for people to feel mm-hmm. whatever was brought up in that song yeah. for them, you know, however they reacted to the song. I wanted to always create safety with with each song. Mm. So I remember that when you're talking about That's music. Great. All right. That's great. Yes. So anything else to add, Toast? Not for this episode. All right. Okay, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, this is Sienna. And this is Toast. Telling you, love life and live free. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, 
They don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.